you, Lord. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love your presence. We're thankful today for your love. We thank you for the cross. And Lord, today we celebrate the empty tomb, your victory over sin and death, and your invitation to all of us to life that's better than a dream. So Lord, we uh, offer ourselves to you today. We pray that our ears will be open to hear what you have to say, that our hearts will be open to receive from you. And we pray that not one person would leave here today the same way they came. We love you, Jesus. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Awesome. How are you guys doing? We prayed and prayed for a good day weather-wise, and this was the best we could do, so I hope you're okay with it. Awesome. Uh, find a seat somewhere. We're going to do an offertory prayer and then jump into our message for this morning. Um, if you uh, want to give today, we have baskets on, I think, both each side, and then you see these in the front, and then there's one also in the back. And then also you can text to give, give RS77977, correct? Give RS77977. Lord Jesus, thank you for the way that you give so generously to us. You've given everything. And Lord, anything that we can give is just a small, small token of our heart for you. And so we give today and we pray that you would take our gifts and that you would multiply them and use them for your kingdom. That everything we give would be used in a way that would honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to read today from Luke chapter 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told, told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. 
Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, bending over. He saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. The disciples had a dream. They had a dream of what the Messiah would be like and what kind of kingdom the Messiah would bring. The problem with their dream is the problem that we all have usually with our dreams. The disciples' dream was too small. It was too small. They had an idea of an earthly kingdom, but Jesus came to establish a heavenly kingdom that would never end. Many of us have dreams for our lives. We, sometimes we temper our dreams because, you know, we want to just lower our expectations because we're afraid of being disappointed. And the truth is we're just like the disciples. Our dreams actually are too small because God has put us here on this earth not really to fulfill our own dreams. He's put us here to fulfill his dream. He's put us here to fulfill his dream a dream that will bring him glory through a remarkably abundant life. That's how we find the greatest personal fulfillment. That's how we position ourselves for eternity, is by giving ourselves completely and utterly to him. We talk a lot about healing. We believe that God is a healer. And I want to say that real healing is found in the cross. Jesus wants to bring healing. He wants to bring healing to our relationships. He wants to bring healing to our bodies. He wants to bring healing to our emotions. He wants to bring healing, most of all, to our spirits so that we can have relationship with his Father. In fact, Jesus came to heal your life. He came to heal your life. The power of the cross is not just to bring forgiveness of sin and to cleanse us from guilt, but the power of the cross is also to free us from the power of sin and death. Jesus made atonement for us, and in making atonement for our sin on the cross, he removed the barrier that existed between us and God. His purpose in removing the barrier is not just so we can be forgiven. His purpose in removing the barrier is so that we can enter into a vital, life-giving, intimate relationship with God through His Son. There is a life that is possible to us through the cross. There is a place in Christ that brings freedom and fulfillment and joy, and excitement, and purpose, and power. It's what Jesus had in mind when he said, I came that you might have life, and that you might have it to the full. You can't earn it. You can't learn it. You'll never deserve it. You can't learn it or win it. But you can have it. And you can have it fully if you'll take it. There are four words in the Greek that are translated life. One of them means a manner of life. One of them means human life. 
And one of them actually just means behavior or a way of life. But the Greek word for the life that Jesus brings is zoe. And zoe actually means the life of God. The life of God. Zoe is not just eternal life in the sense of time. It is actually a quality of life as God has it. Zoe is not a way of life. It's not a style of life. Zoe is life itself. When Jesus says, I came that you might have life, he's not saying, I came that you could fix your life. What Jesus is saying, I came that you could have his life. He wants to put Zoe, the life of God, inside of you. That's why Paul says in Colossians that the mystery of the gospel is Christ in us. Colossians 3, 4 says that Christ is our life. The life that he brings to us is his life. So many of us settle for less than that. We think that Jesus came and died on a cross just to maybe fix our life a little bit. That is a shallow dream. The dream of God is to put his life in you and to put his life in me. We're not called to copy Jesus. We're not called to imitate Jesus. We're called to offer our life to him and receive in exchange his life in us. He wants to place his life in us. We're made for that. The reason that we desire purpose and fulfillment, the reason that we want to have dreams bigger than the ones we actually have is because that's the very thing we were created for. We were created for life in God. The problem for most of us is that we settle for less than that. We look to have our dreams fulfilled in other ways by other things. The majority of the world settles for something less than God has offered. The sad truth is that much of the church settles for less than God has offered. In fact, some Christians live their entire lives under the heavy weight of religion and never never discover that there's more to Christianity than just a list of do's and don'ts. There is a life in Christ. There is a life in Christ that you were made for, that I was made for, and we will never be satisfied without it. We will never be satisfied by anything else. The thing that we were created for is life in Him. St. Augustine said, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. Pascal said, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every person and only God can fill it. Not godly thoughts, not even godly actions. God himself. God himself, through his spirit, wants to live in you. We were made for it. Why don't we walk in it? We don't walk in it much of the time because we allow things to get in the way. 
We allow obstacles to exist in our lives. Things like shame and guilt and fear, resentment, bitterness, hatred, unbelief. One of the things that we struggle with when it comes to believe is we struggle actually with the idea that God likes us. We consider ourselves so often so unlikable that we can't imagine that the God of the universe would actually like us. Let me just say, he knows everything about you. He's seen your very worst. He's seen your very best. He's seen everything in between. And he is wildly in love with you. He doesn't just like you. He loves you. He doesn't just love you. He likes loving you. He is for you. There is a place of freedom and real life that is only found in him. So how can we enjoy this life? How can we enter into this life that's bigger and better than a dream? First, let me just say that it's not a question of wearing a bracelet that says WWJD, something like that. It's not a, not a slogan. It's not even asking yourself, what would Jesus do? Although that's not a terrible thing to do. That's really not the answer. The answer is for you to offer your life to him and receive his life into you. There is a divine exchange that must occur. Gene Edwards wrote a book called The Secret of the Vine. And in that book, he says, no one has ever lived the Christian life except God. Think about that. No one has ever lived the Christian life except God. You can't do it. You can't live this life for him. He has to live it in you. You can try. Many have. All have failed. That's why Romans says that we all have failed and fallen short. The Christian life must be lived by Him in you. I remember my wife's testimony when she came to the Lord. Her prayer was this. God, if you want me to be a Christian, you'll have to do it. I can't. I've tried. So what do you do? First of all, give up. If you're one of those that tries really hard, and every time you find yourself struggling with sin, you just commit to trying harder, give up. Give up because you're going to lose that fight. Give up today and just say, God, I can't. I need you to do it in me. And then offer him your heart. Just cry out to him, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I can't do this. I give up. I need you. And then I believe as you confess that to him and you invite him into your life, a strange thing will happen. You'll find yourself falling in love with God. Falling in love with Him. And loving and being loved by God is the greatest joy 
a person can ever have. It is the thing we were made for. When we begin to realize that God really loves us and that he likes loving us, it will revolutionize our lives. God is a passionate lover. He's always initiating. He's always pursuing. He is actually jealous for your heart. He wants your love deeply. And his invitation to you today is simply this. Stop running. Stop fighting. Give up and say yes. Say yes to him. He wants to heal your relationships. He wants to heal your emotions. He wants to heal your body. Most of all, he wants to heal your spirit. Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead makes us alive in him. He wants to come into your life today and bring you into a level of life that you've never known before. It's what you were made for. It's the dream of his heart for you. Now let's pray. As we get ready to pray, I want to invite our our prayer teams to come forward and get in place. If you're here today, and you've never said yes to him. And you feel that the desire of your heart today is just to give up and to say yes. To say, God, here's my life. I want your life in me. If that's the desire of your heart today. I want you to just pray this prayer with me as I pray it. Make it your own. Jesus, I give up. I give up. I can't do it. I need you. I want you in my life. I want you to be my life. I repent today of my sins. I put my faith in you. Save me, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for hearing my prayer. If you're here today and you know there have been times in your life where you've trusted in Jesus, but maybe you've wandered away and you'd have to say that today you're not as close to Him as you want to be or as close as He wants you to be. I want you to pray this with me. Dear Jesus, I feel like I've drifted away. I want to be close again. I want to be close again. Bring me back to you. Bring me back to you, Jesus. I need you. I need you to be the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. We have several teams up here who would love to pray for you. As you'll notice, some of them have on masks and some of them don't, and that's just for your comfort. Uh, If you want to be prayed for by someone with a mask on, obviously you can 
you can tell which ones do and which ones don't. So pick your choice. Uh, but we do invite you to pray. We're going to take a few minutes to just worship and invite people that need prayer or want prayer to come. Especially if you prayed one of those two prayers with me a moment ago. Strongly encourage you to come and let one of these teams pray with you concerning that. Uh, but also, if you have any other need, uh, physical, relational, emotional, spiritual, whatever, we'd love to pray for you today. In a few minutes after we've prayed, I'll come back up and uh, make some other announcements about the rest of the day.